0: Welcome back, beautiful mummers. This week on the podcast, I want to introduce you to Linda Anderson. Linda is a phenomenal coach with more than 15 years' experience supporting women and mummers through various rites of passage in their lives. And a number of years ago, we began to connect over our love of matrescence. The reason that I wanted her to be on the podcast this week is because she has been able to bring in the understanding of what happens to a woman when she becomes a mother in her work with mamas in a really beautiful and exciting way. What she's done is taken my book, Mama Rising, and created a book club for it, gathering together the mums in her local community. Everyone reads a chapter a week. And then they come together and they talk about how they've changed in motherhood, how they're feeling about themselves, their relationships, their role as mother, and what it means for them themselves. I loved this idea so much. I wanted to get Linda on the podcast and hear more about it so that you could maybe start your own book club in an area, a way to connect with women and have these conversations and also, Linda is running a book club that you can join online that starts on May the 6th. All the details to join are in the show notes. Enjoy. Is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age? I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights... And inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Linda, welcome to the podcast. It's so lovely to speak to you today. Thank you. I just want to start our conversation by telling the story of how i met you Uh, i was traveling on a ferry in between the most divine beautiful idyllic island i have ever been to in new zealand back heading back over to the mainland as they call it and the beautiful friend i was traveling with said i think you need to meet somebody and so uh Went over, and, and then you also recognised me, and we had this little chat um, travelling on the ferry together, didn't we? We did. It was really lovely. <laughs> I think you were on the way to swimming lessons or something random.
1: I was, yeah, I was taking my children from the island across to the mainland for their weekly swimming lessons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, as you do. <laughs> as you do. And I really love how the universe weaves these amazing women into my life, even on a ferry in the middle of New Zealand. So, Linda, I wanted to get you on the podcast today because uh, since that moment on the ferry, we have connected through a number of different ways. You are a part of the Mama Rising training that I'm doing. You have facilitated women's circles. You are a life coach. You have worked with women through motherhood for many years now. And I wanted to ask you on here to talk specifically about the inner split, and how you have found your way through this and the importance of having these conversations with other women. So let's start right back at the beginning when you became a mum 12 years ago now and what that experience was like and then how it changed as the second arrived. Mm, Thank you. Um, So, yeah, I was
1: a woman who had always envisaged being a mother. You know, I was was a child who was always drawn to the babies and would always be the one that could put them to sleep and thought I was this sort of magical being. (laughs) You know, had this wonderful touch. So I always thought I was going to be a mother. It's something I wanted. And my journey to become a mother turned out to be harder and longer than I had anticipated, Um, you know, through a combination of, having a miscarriage, having a very long time after that miscarriage before I actually fell pregnant. My first baby was then born at 34 weeks, so we had an experience of having a baby in the NICU and not taking my baby home with me when I left hospital and all this stuff that came ahead of me bringing her home for what I had imagined motherhood to be. And... When I found myself at home with this, you know, precious, much wanted, you know, much thoughtful little baby, I was really shocked as the months went by to find that I was experiencing this sort of inner battle with myself that I was caught really by surprise by. I I found I felt really invisible as a human being. Once I became a mother, I felt like I was only seen as a mother. I felt like I wasn't valued in the world beyond being a mother. I felt like I totally lost my identity. I felt like I had lost the connection to who I was or who I believed myself to be. And... I would be at home on my own with this beautiful little baby, having this internal dialogue with myself that would sound something like, how is it that you wanted this baby so much? How is it you wanted to be a mother so much? And yet, now that you're in this moment, you're feeling upset and feeling lost and feeling confused and and feeling like you don't know who you are anymore. How is this possible? Mm. And I didn't feel like I could talk about it. I, didn't feel, I felt like something must have been wrong with me. I felt like it was kind of a secret, you know, that I certainly didn't go to my mother's group and talk about this. <laughs> um, and so I just sort of carried this inner conflict and this, and this loss of identity with me. And then uh, when I had my second baby, so my, my babies, both two were born roughly two years apart and we actually moved cities partway through that pregnancy. So, you know, I was in a new city with lack, even less support than the first time. Uh, and so after the birth of my second baby, I actually suffered from depression, which was a really hard experience at the time. But it was through my healing journey from that that I was sort of able to reconnect with myself because what I had discovered was that I was giving absolutely nothing to myself. I was giving myself no time, no energy, no emotional support. And so it was through that sort of healing process and and receiving some professional support that allowed me to kind of turn back inwards within myself and, and begin to care for my own needs.
0: You describe that so beautifully. The invisibility of yourself beyond being a mother. I know so many people, so many mamas that are listening right now will know exactly what that feels like. And then also that questioning of how did I want this so badly and now not love it? I remember Mm. in our training together in the little chat box that pops up on the side of the Zoom call, Linda you were the one who first said in the chat box, it's like motherhood has this, and yet. We have mm-hmm. one thing, and yet we mm. feel the other. And that is mm. the polarity, that is the the split that happens in this experience. So when did you finally begin to understand that that's what had happened and is happening?
1: So around the time that uh, I was sort of going through this healing of my depression and after my second baby. And I, I mean, I'd I'd been a coach long before I had children. So I was already coaching. But as I was going through my own journey, I began to be drawn more to working with mothers until a point that I went, no, actually, this is the only person I'm going to work with now because of my own struggle, my own journey. And I felt that I was really frustrated by the lack of support and the lack of safe space available for women to speak their truth, to actually say the things that I wish I'd been able to say, you know, to be able to come to someone and say, I'm feeling this and I, even I don't know what to do with it. And I feel really confused right now. And so partly my choosing to work like that was also part of my own feeling because I got to hear more and more stories. I got to see and to reflect back to other women that we were not alone we just weren't being given the opportunity to hear the stories and to speak the stories. So those things were really intertwined for me
0: uh, in terms of you know my own journey. To hear and to speak, they are the most healing things for a woman. That's what the feminine needs. You know, we mm. all know this within our partnerships when you're trying to sp- explain to your partner how you're feeling, and they jump in with the answer, and you mm. just want to say, no, no. I don't need you to fix this. I just need Mm. you to listen to me and hear it and allow me to say it. And this is what has been missing from all of our experiences of motherhood, to really be able to normalize those questions that you were asking yourself because they're wrapped in shame, aren't they, Linda? Mm -hmm. They're wrapped in this feeling of, especially, as you said, if it's something you longed for, you thought you'd be great at, this is what you'd been hoping would happen, and then it's not. There, there's deep shame and judgment around that until we can normalize that. Yeah,
1: and and when one of the things that in hindsight really frustrates me and, and makes me upset is this knowledge that I shouldn't have felt so shocked and confused by what I was experiencing and feeling because it's so normal. Like, so many women experience this as part of their transition. hmm but the fear, all the feelings about, you know, the, the, the guilt and that something's wrong with me and all of that comes from the fact that we're
0: not talking about it and not normalising it, as you say. Mm. So what healed you? In which ways did you find your place to be heard and to speak your story? Mm. So definitely, you know, I feel very fortunate that I was in
1: a position you know, as a coach, that I was a, I was a woman with a, a public voice. Mm. And so I felt both honoured and kind of that it... was well, the wrong word, but, you know, that, that I had a, some sort of responsibility to use my own stories and use my own experiences to make the path easier and less tumultuous for other women. So by being willing to speak my stories and share my stories in such a public way, that also for me was really healing, you know, which is why I was doing it, That that was sort of a flow-on effect. Um, The other thing that was really good for me in my own journey was putting myself a whole lot higher on the priority list, Mm -hmm. listening to what my needs were as a woman and making sure I was carving out time to meet those needs. And that helped me to kind of become more reconnected to myself.
0: Mm, and, um, and make sense of it all as well. It's yes, that space. Yes. It's like mm-hmm. if we added a third element to that, it's you need to feel heard. You need to be able to speak your story and you need the space to have... Yes those moments to figure out how this, how this has changed you. And mm. uh, you're, because of the location you live in, you've had both the most uh, amazing experiences of, of gathering women together and sitting in circle and having these workshop spaces and this ability to build a, a physical community as well as an online business. And I think it's really important for us to understand as women that we need that. We need a place to gather together. We need a place where we can feel to be heard and seen and supported. So, can you share with us what that's been like? The power of getting women together. What happens when they're all together in that space? Uh, it's there are usually tears. Is the first thing I'm
1: going to say. Mm. I often joke. I joke with my clients and with, with circles of women that if I haven't made someone cry today, I haven't done my job very well. <laughs> um, but, Because, because you know, because often women feel a bit self-conscious with all the emotion that arises, and I'm like, no, seriously, this is exactly what this space is for. Um, Because often, you know, no matter how someone is working with me, it's often the first time that somebody has given them permission to just share and say what is there. You know, all the things that they've been squashing and hiding, and, and trying to ignore. And so, you know, there's this sort of great letting go often. There is also the most beautiful thing about bringing women together. You know, we talked about the need to be, to be heard as well as the need to share our stories. And that when you bring women together, either you know in a virtual or a physical space together, is that they get to hear each other's stories, Which helps them to connect to the sense that they're not alone, that it's not just them, they're not broken or failing or wrong, that in fact they are just a human being going through something really big, and so they get to hear that from everybody else, and then they also get to speak their truth. You know, you and I have, have reflected often in our you know training together about the importance of sharing our stories and when we get to share our stories in in these safe, supportive spaces, we also get to kind of hear our story back within ourselves in a different way. We see it from a different perspective, um, which is really valuable. And we don't get that when we sit at home and chew things through in our own mind.
0: That's so true. We also get to practice compassion to the other Mm -hmm. woman, which helps Mm us um, then practice that compassion back to ourselves. I'm thinking of... We're amazing when we're together and someone in the group will share a story that they feel embarrassed or ashamed about. You know, perhaps they lost their temper or something happened that they very courageously are Able to say out loud, and everyone else rushes in and says, "Oh, but you know, that's okay. We're, you're you're a great mum, and you'll be okay." And we really rush in to support her and to see that experience. You're then able to start seeing, "Oh, well, maybe I'm okay too. Maybe I can mm-hmm. forgive myself for these experiences as well." As you said, you get, you give, and you receive in these circles, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I. My wish for every mother, whether they are a first-time mother just having a first baby now or whether their babies are grown-up and teenagers, my wish is that every woman could have a space to go to full of other women who would just listen and lean in and and reflect and share back because it is so, so deeply valuable.
0: And I wanted to hear about your idea around the Mama Rising Book Club because I know there's many... Listening to this, who might not have a women's circle set up in their mm-hmm. area, they don't know where to find these women to have these conversations, and the idea of setting it up themselves is a bit terrifying. But you've done something really exciting because you've used the Mummerizing book to facilitate, I guess, to guide a group of women through the conversations around matrescence. So can you share with us how that experience has gone? Because I think this is something that a group of women anywhere could do. You want to have these conversations. Use this book as your guide to Mm. open up and talk through these stages and conversations. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's been so
1: exciting and such a beautiful thing to do. Um, it's an idea that sort of started bubbling around in my head last year, you know, after I completed the mummarising training with you and you know, I had the book and I was thinking about how could I and how did I want to how did I want to bring this conversation and exploration of matrescence to women and this idea of the book club bubbled around and bubbled around until finally, sort of, the moment I felt it was the right thing to offer this group of women. And so, what we do is that we meet on a Zoom call each week, and each week they've read one chapter of the book, and we come together in circle on this Zoom call, and I guide them through a process of sort of reflection. So we're not sitting there and analysing the book per se; they're using it as the The trigger or the seed to allow their own thoughts to arrive and to dialogue them and explore them and share them and um, it's absolutely fascinating. And what I think what using the book allows them to do is it's kind of like a sense of safety that there's this you know third party, the book, that's providing them information, structure, thoughts to explore that then sort of gives them a freedom that I don't think they would have if I just sat down and said, here, let's come together every week for 10 weeks and talk about matricence.
0: Yes. Um,
1: So it's this really beautiful foundation that sits underneath them and offers them security and safety and and love um, that they can then grow from.
0: Because the book has the first few chapters of my story, of course, but then Mm -hmm. it really moves into these six pillars or these six ideas Mm. around what we need to explore as we are becoming a mother. And this is not just for when you have a newborn. This is, as you said, whether you have teenagers, you can still work through this process to really question, how has this changed me? Who am I becoming? Mm. And so you start with kindness and then you look at strength and your value outside of motherhood and within motherhood so as you said it's a it's a framework that Mm. um, opens up a conversation in a safe way and I would imagine because they're reading it in between the calls they have time to really contemplate what this might mean for them and then they come into circle yeah, so they bring with them. Often they, you know, they've got their journals that they've been making oh, notes in. Right? So they come
1: with their journals, and I, I, will, I will literally start a call. after we go through our you know meditation together and check in with everyone. I will quite literally just open by saying, "So tell me, you know, what is it that most resonated with you in this chapter?" Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm not saying let's talk about <laughs> kindness and how. You know, it's just like yes. just tell me. Let that be the place that we begin and that everybody goes through that and and the conversation goes from there. Um, It's beautiful because they're a group of women who have children at all different ages and stages, so they get this beautiful blend of experiences and where people are at in their journeys, which I know they all really value. Um, And they just, they care for each other so beautifully in these calls. It's just, I love it.
0: And I think that's also one of the things that we need to hear from each other is the different ages and stages, don't we, Linda? That this is this is ongoing. I mean, I remember when my first baby was tiny, and I'm sure you remember this too, of thinking that when they get to this age, when they start doing this, when they stop waking overnight, then I'll feel normal again. Mm-hmm. And to hear the stories of other women at different stages is this important part of the process of realising no, this is ongoing, so you have to start working on yourself now. Mm. There is mm. no time to wait for something mm. to happen because there'll always be something to happen.
1: Yeah, and that this process of matrescence is not finite. It's not sort of something we accomplish and tick the box on and close the book and go, right, well, there you go, done that, <laughs> move on. It's like it, it just continues to evolve and change as we continue to evolve and change. And it shouldn't be seen as something we need to conquer, you know, that I need to get on top of it or or complete it. It's like, no, I just, I actually feel like my goal in working with these women is just to help them sink into it and enjoy the process more
0: rather than feeling so knocked around by it, if that makes sense. It really does. It's that very masculine approach to Well, tell me when it's over and tell me what to do to get there. Um, It doesn't work like that, does it? Mm. That's the point. So when you think now about the experiences of becoming a mother and that real sense of the split within you of this is what I've always wanted, this is who I've always wanted to be, but then the reality and the transformation that you went through when you look back over the last twelve years, what do you think has been the most important step you've had to take to heal that inner split, to really enjoy the process, as you said, and know that there that this is not finite, that there is an ongoing exploration? What's been the most important step? Mm. The most important
1: step for me has been acceptance, mm. and. And coming to learn, you know, about... I mean, learning about matrescence was a huge part of that because I got to see that this inner split was actually part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. It was part of a bigger transformation of myself. And it allowed me to view that inner split not so much through the lens of what I felt I had lost, and what I'd had to leave behind, it has allowed me to view it through the lens of, actually, I am unfolding into something new, different, better, and that I don't have to lose everything that went before. Some of that comes with me, but it's going to be woven into a new picture, into a new shape, and so really just, Being okay with that and accepting it peacefully rather than fighting against it, which is how I felt I began the journey, you know, 12 years ago.
0: That's right. Fighting it and also keeping it secret, I think, Mm. is is such a big part of what I've heard you say over the last 20 minutes or so, is that we have to speak it. We have to say it out loud, even if it's just to one safe place, one safe place to land, to Mm. be able to hear it and speak it is so important and then we can really, I love the way you've described that. Linda, thank you so much. I will include all the details of where people can find you and uh, listen to more of your wisdom because you bring, this is what I love about the Mama Rising training is that It's the basics of matrescence. It's definitely the framework to be able to speak about it and share it. But then you weave in between all your own knowledge and experience. And as you said, you've been a life coach since way before you became a mama. So the wisdom that you can bring to this understanding for mothers is really profound. So I will share where everyone can find you. Thank you. And thank you so much for... You know
1: being such an important part of my journey and helping me to find the voice that allows me to you know, to share this with so many women.
0: Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you. It has been one of the greatest honours to start to connect to women like this around the world. Women who are just as passionate and excited as I am about having these conversations with women. We're not meant to be doing this on our own. We're actually meant to gather every week and talk about what's happening, how we're changing, how we're feeling. So I hope that after listening to Linda, maybe this has sparked something in you. Maybe you could talk to some of your girlfriends, the mamas you know, the women in your community and suggest, do you want to read this with me? I'd love to talk about this. Or... As Linda is about to launch an online version of this book club, you can also join hers. Go to lindaonthego.com. The next round starts on May 6th. Share this podcast far and wide to continue these conversations. And until next week, Satnam.